What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 82 of the Average AF Podcast. Every time. I'm your host, Adam McElroy, with my co-host, as always, Mr. Baby Red Bull, Mr. Ryan Baker. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> well done. You get me every time. <laughs> with what? And you what do, do you it mean? so well on the intro. What do you mean? You they don't me. know what I'm they don't every know what time you're talking about. I, you do something or we do something and I start laughing. <laughs> yeah. And you somehow just come to complete composure <laughs> and just start every yep. time. Yep. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to fight it. I wonder I I'm going to win the battle next time. I you won't. I wonder <laughs> how many episodes start with your head like way down here or like because this. you're laughing, yeah. <laughs> And then you go, oh, my gosh, every, yeah, every time. It literally is. <laughs> well, because that's the best way to start the episode is yeah. on that same Keeping energy. Keeping it consistent. That's yep. how we're doing it. Yep, yep. People are probably like, what the hell are they doing back behind the scenes? All right. Nothing. Join the Patreon. You'll find out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, guys, welcome to episode 82. Uh, Hello. This week, we actually do not have the voice of God with us. Uh, scheduling issues and uh, things like that. I think he said he's getting sick, too. Um, it, it, it better not be the runner. I don't know. As guys, we don't elaborate. No. It's like, hey, I'm not I'm feeling not feel good. Like, sorry, man. Hope you feel better. <laughs> yep. Cool. Deuces. Did, um, <laughs> did so, Jessica ever do that to you? What? Well, what'd they say? Yeah. What's wrong with them? Yep. Are they okay? Don't know. I, I so, don't know. I don't know. Actually, so... <laughs> What I was gonna, what I was gonna suggest on the Patreon, we have uh, a bonus series where we're doing like challenges, like little competitions, and what I wanted to do was like, uh, like a almost like a newlywed game. Have yeah. you ever seen that where they're like, okay, what's Ryan's favorite color? Yeah, and yeah. I'm like blue, and then you show and you're like green or whatever, and I'm like. I don't know how well that would work. Cause well, like, I don't know. You just got my favorite color. So okay, there it we go. was blue. <laughs> but no, like on a for real note, like we're very good friends. Yeah. We've been good friends for multiple years. And I don't know that much about you. No. I know <laughs> like, you're a cool ass dude. Right. You're dope as hell, man. But <laughs> I don't know what the hell your favorite food is. Right. But that's why I was like, I don't know his favorite color. I don't know his favorite food. I don't know. I like, do know you like to take long walk, long walks on the beach. You like uh, yeah. cats? No. And hamsters. <laughs> Incorrect. Oh, All well, of that. I tried. But yeah, I was like. Who doesn't love hamsters? I, I was thinking about still doing it, like, you know, on the Patreon, but I'm like, we would get so many answers wrong. Yeah, that'd be funny. And, and <laughs> that would be funny. And it'd be like, it'd be like 10 questions each, and I would end with two, and you would end with like one. We'd somehow go into the negatives. <laughs> right. Like, oh, that's hella wrong. But, like, to your point, like, we just don't, I mean, as guys, and this is most guys. I'm like, sure, I'm sure a lot of guys can agree. Yeah, like, I just, I mean, we don't ask those kind of questions like sometimes we'll vent about work and like things like that but like i'm not like hey man how was your childhood yeah <laughs> you know like or tell me more right what happened right can you elaborate a little right. bit better how did that make you feel oh my goodness <laughs> we just don't what do was that. your state of mind during that <laughs> cloudy <laughs> <laughs> very wavy yeah <laughs> uh but yeah uh, so that's awesome yeah um it's very different without Justin here because we usually have a, a third ball of ginger energy. and uh, You were on one today. I don't know, I guess. I, I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, he tried. But yeah, usually we got we got a third person to right. also laugh at us when we're collectively. Now being it feels dumb. weird because we got I got a computer looking at me and a uh, camera screen. Looking right. At me. Yeah, that's the nice thing about this camera is you can just flip the screen yeah. around, and I'm like, okay, we sh- we're good. We should have taped Justin's like picture. Oh, we should have, <laughs> dude. So. Uh, Man, I was so bummed this didn't work out, but I wanted it to work out so bad. You know, the it was a couple weeks ago now with the, the Bernie memes where he's sitting oh, down yeah. and like yeah. the viral thing. Well, somebody on Facebook was selling cardboard cutouts. <laughs> like, um, I don't think they were life-size, but they were pretty close. It was like three or four foot tall. Yeah. And I, I was going to buy one and just set it up right here <laughs> for that episode. Because um, this was on Forever. Like a, yeah, he he would have been a permanent addition to the to oh, the yeah. studio, um, but they sold out right before I got to him. I was like, damn. "Damn!" And they were like, "They were like, we could make you one on Monday or whatever." And I'm like, "It wouldn't be the same for you know the next yeah. week because then we record and it's a couple days till we put it out." And I'm like, "It's, it's going to be like they would just they're late to the party." That's how we would have gotten. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as as funny, but. Yeah. If a couple days after that you saw fucking Bernie sitting right here, there. oh man, it would have been so or great. Th- throwing a special episode on like the Patreon right. or something the right. day of, right? Um, but yeah, that didn't that didn't end up working. But um, yeah, well, I guess let's uh, let's get into the episode. Let's I hop mean, into it. It's not even like uh, we've been recording, but um, <laughs> I will say, hopefully, I mean, I I. I want to say this with confidence, but I, I don't want to say it with 100% confidence. Hopefully before... Well, see, I don't want to say that because then it's giving it away to you. I got a surprise, guys. I got a surprise. <laughs> Just keep it simple. I got a surprise. And by now, you might already know the surprise. But I don't know if you're going to yet. But I think you will. I hope that I'm not the only one that hates you right now. Now... Okay, so, but, see, and I can't really give hints because it might give it away, and you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking which about. Which is why I don't want to give away too many hints because, you know, yeah, so, <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's a surprise. I mean, I don't know when you'll see it or, you know, or whatever, but it's coming, and, uh. I can't with you. Yeah. No, nope, um, we're done. Okay. Thanks for <laughs> checking out episode 82. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Yep. Um, See you next week. But no, I, this week we were uh, we're going to talk about kind of some, I guess, kind of personal stuff. I mean, it's it might get deep. It might get emotional at some right. points. But, you know, probably. Got the tissues back yeah, there. We'll we're see. good. Do we? Yeah, actually, oh, we do. Yeah. <laughs> we really <Hell> do. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> if you caught that, you're a champion. Uh, yes. But I wanted to, I wanted to bring this up in the episode this week because I heard a quote um, that kind of like it just resonated with me. It's a simple quote. It's like nothing crazy, but you know, um, and it just got me thinking like what other stuff like potentially could have like shaped who I am more or less. Yeah, not saying that this quote did, but it you know kind of started the thought process. But. Uh, it was just something I heard on a podcast, and they were like, somebody told me this. I don't even remember who it was. That's not really important. But the quote was, you know, like, basically to, like, evaluate yourself and things like that. Yeah. But they're like, don't forget 
you might be full of shit. Okay. And I'm like, I like that because it's 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 a, a self-reflective kind of quote. Yeah. Like, you know, try to not, you know, uh, kind of be cemented to your opinion and your view on things. And, you know, just because you heard it uh, a certain way or presented a certain way, don't necessarily go <laughs> off of facts or yeah. go off of that as fact. Do your research and, you know, let... Uh, let other information come to you and, and adjust accordingly. So oh, yeah, be receptive. Yeah. That's yeah. the biggest thing, man. Yeah. A lot of people aren't. Right. And and then it sucks. Well, right. And and I think the the way this came up was somebody was uh like talking to him about something and they're like, Oh, he's full of shit, but he he believes it. Like he believes what he's talking about. Yeah. But he just doesn't know how full of shit he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they were like, it reminds me, somebody told me, don't forget, you might be full of shit, but you don't know it. You know what I mean? So it's just, it just kind of got me thinking like, okay, um, like I said, I'm not, this is a Joe Rogan term, but like married to my ideas, Mm -hmm. you know, which I don't think anybody should be. I feel like we've talked about that part before. Um. How, like, part of being an adult is taking in new information and adjusting your opinions and views. That's, like, what you're supposed to do. You've got to. I mean, that's how you learn. That's how you become a better person, I think. Um, I mean, that's the biggest thing in life that I've learned is it's okay to fail. Right. Learn from that shit. Right, for sure. Learn from others around you, too. Um, I don't know, man. It's, 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 life's crazy to begin with. Right. I mean... I, when I was younger, though, I got a different perspective on life, I think. Okay. I got it at a young age. Okay. How so? Uh, multiple ways. I'll name them real quick, and then I'll kind of go in depth if needed. Um, but all by the age of 16. So this all right. happened by the age of 16. Okay. So I forget how old I was, but I witnessed my mom... Um, I don't know if I was there or not, but she had a brain tumor. It was scary as shit. I do remember that. Um, And she's good. Everything's good with that. And then when I had my Guillain-Barre in Miller-Fisher disease, I was like 12, 13. You're going to have to dive into that a little bit. Yeah. And then uh, when Sean, one of my good friends, shot himself when I was 16. So, like, I think I got to completely mm-hmm. change a perspective yeah, with life and how precious it is. There's a lot going on there. And I, I think I got the same, well, I, I don't want to say the same, but a similar perspective, but for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily, unless you want to, obviously, go. I don't want to necessarily go into, <clears throat> like, the, the brain tumor thing because... That's probably kind of a touchy subject mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but tell people about the, what is it? The Gillian Beret and Miller Fisher. Yeah. Um, so with that, I was 12 years old. And you, it. I, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm, I, I, by the way, I hate when people say I don't mean to yeah, interrupt it, when, well, they, when they're interrupting. When they definitely intentionally interrupted. Yeah. But this is a, a conversation that we had. I think it was on episode like. 10 or 11 yeah, or 12, it was back, back, back. 15 maybe, like yeah. way back there when we were audio only. 
And we <clears> went into hella huge detail. detail about me, you, and Steve, like just all of the. Because I remember blowing Steve's mind. He's like, "Holy yeah. shit!" Steve didn't talk that much no, on that like one. He, he was, was just, just blown away. Yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> and, and I will say, uh, same thing when Justin came on and was talking about his seizures and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, if what what he's about to say, if you want more detail, go check that out. I yeah, think it's episode sure. like. It's within the first 15, 10 yeah. to 15 in that range. I don't know. Sorry, but go ahead. Um, but, yeah, so Miller-Fisher disease and Guillain-Barre, they're both the same thing, essentially. Um, but one, they're both nervous nervous disorders. That's what they are. Um, but one starts from your feet and goes up. One starts from your head and goes down. But they essentially paralyze you. Right. Um, and it just slowly starts going so mine started with my eyes and my eyes went crossed now with these these are these are like not always together right no they're usually separate yeah they're usually separate usually you only get one of them yeah and usually it like happened God, what was it I, I don't remember the statistics off the top of my head so don't fucking quote me on this please right uh but i think it was like mid-aged males that were more likely to get it okay. but it was rare as shit for anybody to get both of them Right. And I was 12. Right. <laughs> so, 12 right. with both of them. Oh, damn. Oh, come damn. on. Don't take the mic now. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, um, was at school, and my eyes went crossed. So, all I was seeing was, like, double vision. Um, started getting a hella big headache <clears throat> and went home. My parents thought I was faking. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, you're a goofy 12-year-old, I'm uh, sure. Right. Went to bed, woke up, and by that time, I was paralyzed from, like, my shins down, maybe a little bit higher, um, and freaked the hell out, like, couldn't move. Um, The shit just progressed from there. Mansfield had no idea what was going on, so we went to Cleveland Clinic. They figured out what was going on, um, almost died, like, multiple times. Thought I saw the light because of that doctor's light and everything. Um, but they said if I was, if I didn't make it there when I did, because I started choking on my own spit. <clears throat> so when I got there, they were wheeling me in. I started choking on my own spit, could not breathe, started freaking out. And you kind of tell people now, like, if something like that's happening, you just stay calm. There's, There's no way right. to stay calm when you cannot swallow. Right. It is the weirdest feeling ever. And like, I've tried, like, even after I've told the story and shit to people, like, to not swallow. And you can't. Like, you can't right. make yourself not swallow. And it's, it, I don't know. It just, ugh, bad memories. But, uh, <clears throat> got to the doctor's office. I was on a ventilator for 18 days and ICU for three days and then rehab for the rest. Uh, rehab, I had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to, like, get all my dexterity up with my hands. Um, all of that shit, dude. Like, it sucked. Right. Um, spent my 13th birthday at, uh, Cleveland Clinic's rehab center. So, um, I, that one just, that one made me realize that, like, it doesn't matter what you do. Anything can happen. Right. right. Um, and I think that's helped me 
kind of live my life. Right. That can be a as very people can say that can be a very depressing moment or a very kind of uplifting moment almost. Right. So it's it's kind of up to you to figure out how you want to take it. Yeah. And I'm sure it's both for it, quite a while. It definitely was. At first it was definitely depressing. Right. Um I went through some shit like in the in the first like 16 years of my life like and right. like at times where like I was down 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 down. Right. But without all of that shit, it definitely wouldn't have molded me to who I am. Right. Um I think any of it because <clears throat> Like, for real, like, when people say, uh, what are they, like, when they say, like, live your life or, you know what I mean, do shit like that, like, they're, they're, I, I see a different in a, like, a true hard meaning to that. Right. More than just, oh, yeah, live your life. Everybody lives their life. Like, no, right. like, go out and fulfill your shit, man. Like, don't right. be scared. Do what you want to do. Right. Yeah, especially with something like that when it, because, I mean, um, I don't know if you said it here or if it was from the last time, but didn't all this like start and you were in the hospital within like a 48 hour period or something like that. Like it was quick. Yeah. And like, there's nothing that started that, you know, and they, and the doctors didn't even know what happened, how it happened or anything like that. Like nothing. Right. Right. And that was the scariest part was like, anything can happen. Right. And I think dude, like, it sounds crazy, but like I shit like that helped me through like the corona. Right. Like oh, yeah, it's yeah. it's hurting people and everything, but like I'm not like it's not gonna stop me from being who I am. Right. Yeah, you may close some fucking places and stuff, but I'm not gonna stop being me. You're not gonna close right. me. Right. Um but I think that's that's helped me not have that fear. Like I still play it safe and everything like that. I'll still follow the procedures and the protocols and shit, but I'm still going to go out and do me. Right. You're not being dumb about it, but at the same time, like, you know, I, I'm kind of the same way. <clears throat> like, I'm I'm not an anti-masker by any means. You mm-hmm. know, I wear my mask and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like, I'm a, a pro-freedom type person. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's up to people to make their own decisions. Uh, and I, I think I came to that conclusion... Um, like I said, in a, in a very different way, um, all of my stuff, I mean, uh, you know, as far as like an early age was probably before, before I was about 12 or 13, um, basically like 13 through 18, like I had a great life, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I couldn't, and I, you know, I, I, I didn't have a bad life prior to that either, but, right. um, 13 to 18, man, was, like, prime, you know? Like, everybody hated high school. I fucking loved high school. Oh, yeah. Um, But prior to that, man, like, uh, I mean, the, the first thing, well, there's there's two big things that, like, shaped me from, you know, when I was a kid. Um, and the first one, I'm sure if you guys have listened for a while or know me, um, this quote's kind of, all over everything I do, you know, like at, at work, like, you know, we had Skype or whatever, and you can put a little message in your yeah. Skype and just, you know, um, same thing with like Facebook, you can have a little like bio type thing. Yep. And I had this quote, um, but it was something my dad always said. Um, and I've said this like, again, kind of at, at nauseum. So I, I apologize if you've heard it already, but I, th- I still think it stands. Uh, my dad always told me when I was a kid, 
Uh, great minds don't think alike. Great minds think for themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Yeah, it, it really is. And, like, you know, he he said, like, he never came up with it. He doesn't know where he heard it. Um, I've Googled it a million times, can't find it. I don't know. So I attribute it to him. But That's fair. But, yeah, I mean, he, he told me that ever since I was, like, four or five, like, legitimately. He said, think for yourself. Like, no yeah. matter what you do, think for yourself. And I think that really shaped me because, I mean, at an early age, like, uh, I, I kind of had a little bit of depression and, and things like that, but I don't even think it was necessarily that. I think it was more of just growing up and like natural hormones and, and things like yeah. that. I don't think it was anything crazy um, or, you know, anything like more life altering. Or... Yeah. Nothing more than like what every 10 year old goes through or whatever. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like that in and of itself, let me, I have this tattooed on me by the way. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But it let me be confident in myself from a young age. And it's not, well, it, it wasn't necessarily confident either. It's just like, I don't care in, in a yeah. good way, in a good way. Like, you know, I, I'm thinking for myself, I'm doing what I want to do. And even as a kid, like I just kind of embodied that and, you know, did, did what I did. <clears throat> I've, I've never, you know, um, conformed to, to whatever's going on, if it made sense and things like that. Like, yeah, you know, obviously I played sports, so you got to do, you know, there's, yeah. there's obligations, but just in a general sense, I, I, you know, did, did you did what I, what I wanted, said what I wanted mm -hmm. and, you know, didn't really care. But the other reason for that was at a very early age, um, probably about the same same range, five, six years old, when I could kind of start to think for myself a yeah. little bit at least. Um, my mom has a, a Christian background, and my dad has an a my dad's an atheist, right? right? My mom doesn't really go to church, or she's never gone to church that I know of, but she has a Christian background, and like her whole side of the family, our whole family is basically Christian, okay, which is fine. Um, <clears throat> But my dad, you know, growing up in a household like that, my dad would make like certain remarks about stuff. Um, and my mom would just kind of laugh it off and like whatever, because it, it wasn't like super important to them because mm -hmm. they, you know, loved each other and like whatever. But my dad even told me as a kid and my grandparents took me to church and things like that. And I was just never into it. But my dad told me as a kid, he's like, this is what I believe. Um, and again, make your own decisions. Think for yourself. You know, your mom's kind of on this side. And, you know, I talked to her about it and went to church a couple times. And my dad even said, like, listen, and people laugh at this, but I, I think this is dope. He was, He's like, I'll take you to church. He said, I'm not going in, but mm -hmm. I'll take you. You know, like, if you want to go, you can go. Like, it's, you know, and I, and he supported it and stuff like that. And I tried here and there, and it just, it wasn't, wasn't your thing. Yeah, it wasn't for me, but my dad's very, I guess I want to say, like, scientific, more or less. 
And just the way he described things just sat with me, you know, in a certain way to where I understood it really well. Mm -hmm. And at a young age, I was like, okay, it's, it kind of, this is kind of like what caused the depression more or less, like a little bit was like, okay, well then what's the point? Yeah. And, and I think we've had the conversations of, um, you know, like, well, what's the point of life without maybe a heaven or a hell Mm. or quote unquote guidelines or whatever it might be, however you want to word it. Um, what's the point? And that, that could be a very depressing thought, right? But now imagine that, imagine that for a seven year old. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'll fuck with your head. I literally had existential crises as like a seven or eight year old. Yeah, I bet you weren't saying that word though when you were seven or eight. No, <laughs> I barely <laughs> said it when I'm 29. So, <laughs> but that shit is crazy, man. Like shit like that, and it's things like that at a young age can definitely mold who you are. Right. And I've even tried to put this into Danielle, like into her mindset. Same thing on my end, man. Um, it's. Like, because when we'll watch shit, like, on Criminals, I watch it, like, a lot of, like, the documentaries and, like, shit, like, with serial killers and shit like that. I watch it more of what happened to them to make them who they were. Right. Because, to me, that's the important shit. Right. And it makes me understand it. Do I feel like what they did was right? Hell no. I don't. Do I agree with it? Hell no. Right. But do I kind of understand if I get a background on them? Yeah, like, they kind of didn't really have a chance. Right. And it's, you know, it could be genetics, it could be other shit, but it's a lot on how you were raised and what you see and and things like that. And if you especially see it on a constant basis, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's well, that's bad. That's one thing. Not always bad. It can be good, it can be bad, but it can also, you know. Right. There's there's a line, you know, And, and that's something that I'm very conscious of as being a parent, and I'm sure you are too. Like, mm-hmm. I tell Harper's mom all the time, like, and, and you know, not, I, obviously she's not doing anything, like, crazy. Like, right. don't, don't think of anything like that. But, like, all the time I'm like, you got to kind of watch, like, maybe the way you say something or mm-hmm. how you react or, you know. I And, again, she's a great mom, you know, it, and it's nothing like that, but... I'm like, because I'm trying, because me and her are both kind of, we, we got our, our stuff going on, you yeah. know, mentally up in here. And I always, and it's a joke what, what we say, but I'm like, I'm trying to raise like a not traumatized child. Yeah. Like we were, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to raise somebody who's like a full, real good person. You know what I mean? A hundred percent there. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, no little like weird quirks, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's it's very easy to to do that. And like, I mean, you hear stories, man, like, you know, especially you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so a lot of people mm-hmm. will talk about traumatizing stuff, and they always say like, you know, yeah, this one time, you know, my dad was having a bad day and you know, he came in and you know, I ate all the cereal or whatever, and he called me a fat ass. And yeah, and I've had went off he, on me. Yeah, and I've had body issues ever since. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's so crazy. Like it's the little things. Yeah, it's absolutely understandable. But yeah, like you don't know. Like literally, that's one sentence or one 
series of events that was probably a minute long mm-hmm. that scarred this man for 30 years plus. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you got to be kind of hyper aware of that kind of yeah. stuff. So, um, you know, in, but at the same time, like, obviously we want to be protective of our kids, but you got to let them go a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where's the line of like, you know, I don't want her to be traumatized, but you got to kind of go through a little bit of shit. <clears throat> I mean, my thing is, they got to go through shit. Right. All right, guys, a little break in the action here to talk about our Patreon producers and our small business sponsors. Absolutely. Uh, We got the producers here. I got to read off a list because there's too many of you. Get your glasses Um, on. I definitely shouldn't say too many because we want more. Absolutely. (laughs) Keep uh, coming. Producers, we got Taylor, Tom, Patty Light, Barilli, Steve Hardy, Steve Bollinger, Joel... Sarah, Anthony, Jeremiah, Nate, Tony, and the Teacher Dummy Podcast. Sorry, I got lightheaded because there's so many of you guys. (laughs) Um, Thank you all for your support, though. We appreciate all 13 of them. Thank you uh, to all of our Patreon producers. I think we're up to 30 patrons now in general. Um, and just thank you guys for listening and, and checking it out. Uh, if you want to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash average of podcast links in the description, uh, for as little as two bucks a month, you get weekly bonus content. Uh, the $5 tier will get you a weekly bonus episode, um, early releases, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys checking us out in general, uh, Continue to keep up the support for us. Uh, tell a friend to mm-hmm. tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, All that stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Check us out on Facebook. Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, also on YouTube as well. Like and subscribe. Yep. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. And uh, let's talk about some sponsors. All right. So shout out to our first small business producer, which is uh, Brubaker Photography. That is B-R-U-B-A-K-E-R Photography. You can go ahead and find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Photography one uh, Make sure you go ahead and check out their page. Go ahead and like their page. Go ahead and hit that community tab. Invite some people to also check that page out as well. And, you know, check out their pictures. Go ahead and download some of them. You can get some wallpapers for your phone as well. Maybe call them to set up a schedule for you and your loved one to get some, uh, you know, post-Valentine Day pictures because you're going to be watching this after Valentine's Day. But, hey, it get a picture for any occasion because what's better social distancing than a picture? All right, guys, and we wanted to shout out our second small business sponsor, Perry's Powerhouse. Uh, this is Kyle Perry. He's a veteran of the Marines and he does online fitness and motivational coaching for $35 a month. Uh, you get 24-7 access to him as a coach, weekly check-ins, uh, YouTube tutorials, uh, food macros, three full pages of meal ideas, monthly giveaways. I mean, there's plenty more. Uh, he has a ton of qualifications. He's an ISSA master trainer, uh, which is a personal trainer bodybuilding specialist, nutritionist, a glute specialist, weight management, transformation specialist. I mean, I could keep going on and on and on. 
Uh, he has over 200 clients currently. So uh, it's the real deal. I've personally seen transformations and they're insane. I think, honestly, in the next, uh, probably in the next about month, we're going to have somebody on to talk about their journey as well um, through Perry's Powerhouse. But definitely check him out, perryspowerhouse.com or perrys.powerhouse on Instagram. Uh, let him know we sent you and, uh, you know, get right for 2021. Shout out to my parents. Okay, like, right on. Shout out to my family, dude. Um, because I think if it wasn't for them, I would have gone a lot further than I did down my bad kid road. Right. Because um, I did some shit. <laughs> we both did. So, like, and it was bad, though, dude. Like, I was... And it's still crazy. Like, I'm almost like the black sheep of the family. I'm definitely the black sheep yeah, of the family. Like, and it's, but at the same time, like, it sucks to kind of look at it that way. But I've learned a shit ton, and I don't need right. college for it. Right. Um, I've got a good-ass job. I'm in a good-ass position. I've been in right. management for a while. Um, so, I mean, it. but, it again, I wouldn't be who I am without the shit I went through. Right. Exactly. But I wouldn't have made it through the shit I went through without, like, my family and support. Like, right. they kind of had to let me fail. And right. if it wasn't for them, yeah, they bailed me out, like, right. literally sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. But, like, once I kept doing that, like, to see them and their disappointment in me when it happened. Right. It fucking hurt. Right. Like, so bad. Or, like, when I got in trouble... For one of the times, and they said, okay, well, now you got to go to explain it to your grandparents. Mm-hmm. Bro, that was like smacking me with like a Mike Tyson punch, dude. Right, right. I was like, oh, what do you mean? Like, mm-hmm. they don't need to know about that. Like, right. I didn't want to. I right. didn't want to like embarrass oh, sure. my family and shit. So like, for sure. But there's, there's a difference. There's a difference <clears throat> between allowing your kid to fail, maybe <laughs> sometimes even legally or, you know, whatever it might be. Legally. Well... <laughs> you know, in the legal sense is what I yeah. meant. Um, and traumatizing them. Obviously, you know, traumatizing is lifelong effects, most likely in a, mm-hmm. in a negative way. Failing, to your point, I think is good overall. Yeah. Um, it'll teach you resilience and kind of things Only like that. Only if you are receptive to it, though. Right. That's the thing that people don't right. understand. They, they'd be like, oh, I went out and failed. Did you learn from it? Well, that's why I say, and I've again, I've said this multiple times, so I apologize if you've heard it, <laughs> but I always say there's no such thing as failure. Yeah. There's no such thing. Like, you might have went backwards a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, you probably learned something. Oh, yeah. So look at it on the positive. You've always got to. You know? like Always. Yeah, I don't... Excuse me. I don't think there's, there's such thing as failure, but that's a whole other fucking topic, but... Um, as far as like traumatizing, man, like honestly, like, and I, w- I wouldn't say this was traumatizing for me either, but it definitely set everything in motion mm-hmm. was when, you know, I, I had these thoughts of like, well, what's the purpose and like all this kind of stuff. And then at, you know, 11, 12, whatever it is, you start to hit puberty, you start to get hormones and just fucked up yeah. thoughts and like blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there were, there were times where, um, I, I don't even want to say I was actually suicidal. I don't think I was actually suicidal, but you know, again, I'm 10, 11 years old. I was kind of saying stuff 
you know, to maybe get attention or I don't know. It's almost like you were like borderline. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Or like, like showing signs. Well, of... that that was the thing. So like what ended up happening, this was on the bus. And I remember giving giving a girl a note. And I don't even know what the note said, but it somewhere in there said something like, some type of like suicide type thing or like yeah, like a and it wasn't like if you don't date me I'm gonna kill you know it wasn't anything like that I'm I think it was like a friendly note mm-hmm. but like hey this is some stuff I've been going through because this was a good friend uh you know and I I think that was our original text message like kind of things we can't say out loud but we wanted to talk about with each other um and we can't really do that on the school bus or right. whatever. Um, Somebody always listening. Yeah. But, I mean, you guys got to remember, this is, you know, 1999, 2000 maybe. You're making yourself sound like you're old. I'm old as fuck. But, like, but, yeah, I mean, this, you know, passing notes, nobody's passing notes anymore. It's wild. They don't know what that is. Um, But, essentially, what happened was it, like, fell out of her pocket or something. So, the bus driver found it, Uh, turned it in, right? So... Parents got called, all this kind of stuff. I had to go to see a counselor, blah, blah, blah. But the the, the therapist said uh, that he thinks I'm bipolar, which made sense at the time because I was going through these things. And I was, I don't want to say I was, I don't want to say I was violent as a kid, but I was aggressive. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't necessarily towards people. It was just aggressive (laughs) like um so he said that and that honestly what that did is um he said you know we want to put you on these this medication and blah 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 and my i specifically remember my dad saying um on the on the way home he he said uh he said you're not fucking bipolar this is bullshit and he said, um, we'll get through this, but you don't need any of those dummy pills. And again, that's like, like I said, I don't think that was traumatizing, but like that's literally like word for word what he said, and it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Not that that was like super negative or anything, but from there on, I think he had more empathy at the at the time because he didn't want to put me on medication. He called them dummy pills, which... There's a time and a place for him, but yeah, what what he was saying is, it's not for you, right? Yeah. Um, and he's like, we'll just work through this, and over the next, I mean, it took a while. It was probably five or six years. I finally figured out how to kind of control it and yeah. like talk through it. Um, but after that happened, like uh, after I went to the therapist, I immediately like over the next couple of weeks went home and was Googling bipolar and like trying to read up on it and figure it out mm-hmm. and like what it was. Cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I think 11 at the time. So I'm, I don't know what this is. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm looking it up and I'm just like fascinated by all this. And that's what got me into psychology. That's what got me through high school into college and all that kind of stuff. And he was like mind over matter we don't need those pills. We'll get through this. And there were some times where we did not get through it. <laughs> but right. 
like there were multiple, you know, I mean, he's not going to like me saying this, but there were multiple like fist fights between me and my dad mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And I'm a big guy. Um, now, he's not throwing punches, obviously. He's just like kind of restraining yeah. me or whatever. But I mean, I'm swinging. <laughs> I'm trying to. And hit. there was there was a time where I was on top somehow. I got on top and I just went like this and was about to blast him right in the face. And I just couldn't. That's, and I yeah. just, you know, I but mean, that's a good thing you didn't. Definitely. Right. Right. He, he actually still thanks me for that. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, hey, you remember that one time? Thank you for not doing that. <laughs> but, I mean, it just, you know, it it definitely shaped me. And, you know, that mind over matter mindset, it took a long time. But I, I firmly believe that's why I am like I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not ever show emotion anymore. Um, I mean, I do, obviously. But, like... It takes a lot because I had to suppress it for so long. Yeah. Or, like, I went to into either depression or, like, things got broken or people got punched or, like, whatever. So it was, like, one extreme to the other. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's technically bipolar or not. Like, those are kind of what happens. But I, I just think, you know, between the more or less existential crises... Well, I think it's hard telling at that age too. Though. Right. I mean, it's right. like you said, you're you're twelve, you're going through puberty, you're going through hormones, you know, shit's going on, you know, things are different. Right. You're probably switching from, you know, middle school to junior high or right. you know what I'm saying? Like you're switching different shit. It's it's a lot going on, which I don't think that a lot of people understand. And I think to your point, there's there's a time and a place for medication. Me personally, I'm not for it. Um, you know, I've got my own beliefs and stuff for it, but I I don't down anybody that's right, on it right like, to for each sure. his own for sure but at the same time i think it, it's so hard to sit there and diagnose especially children like right. if, if somebody were to especially say like my son like i could easily say my son's got adhd he's right. hyper shit right 24 7 yes but he's a kid you know right. what i mean and he's probably now more hyper than anything because of damn corona right he's been cooped up right, <laughs> right. like but there's there's a lot of things that you know, you've got to look at, and I don't know. I, I, I don't think medication should definitely be the first thing to go to, like, a lot of people. Especially for children. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, um, they've got to live and learn. Yeah, and, I mean, I you know, I, I definitely want to shout out Kara because that's what she does for a living. Yeah. She's not a therapist, but she's, like, um, what, it was it was some type of counselor. I, I don't remember the actual title. Yeah, but, but she yeah, helps them. She helps kids. And that's and like, awesome. You know, I mean... You know, what I went through and really what you went through, I mean, she has to deal with that for, I don't even know how many kids, but probably hundreds or whatever it is. You can get traumatizing on yourself. Right. Like, having to hear, like, stories and shit like that. Right. Crazy. But, yeah, man, like, um, a lot of things have just made me who I am. I think a lot, alcohol. (laughs) Well, Alcohol helped me a couple of the years. But after that, dude, um... I think after I stopped drinking, it gave me a completely different view of life. Right. How so? And it made me a very stronger person because I had to deal with everything at fucking once. Yeah, everything you were avoiding. Yeah. So I think by me being able to face that head on and be able to handle all that. Right. I was like, okay, I can do anything. Like, straight the fuck up. Like, I had to deal with anger. I had to deal with happiness. 
I didn't what? even know how to do like how to be happy <laughs> right, without drinking. Right. Like it was crazy. Um, but a lot of that, like it, it, it definitely shaped me to be who I am and made me start thinking differently, making better decisions. Um, you know, wanting to not be that follower, start being right. more of a leader. Right. And that was even like outside of my life. Like I didn't want to just be the breadwinner of the house and take care right. of a family and shit like that. Like. I wanted to move up. I didn't want to just be an associate. I didn't want to just be an employee. Like, See, I want to be a supervisor. I want right. to be a manager. Like, See, and I went I went through waves of that. Like, really, um, this is another thing that my, well, a lot of people say this, but, like, my dad always said, be a leader, not a follower, right? Mm-hmm. That's what everybody says. But I guess as a kid, I, anytime my dad would say that, I would always stop. And imagine, like, a six-year-old me or whatever, I'd be like, Dad, I am a leader. I just don't have any followers yet. And he just thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I'm like, I'm a leader. I just got to find some people. <laughs> like, right. You know what I right. mean? Like, come follow. <laughs> right. Come. Um, but I mean, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, but with that said, like, once I got into the workforce, um, I was kind of the opposite. Like, I, I was the guy that went to work to try to get through the shift and yeah. – get my money and and leave and like do no extra and things like that and it it took me a long time uh to actually get that work ethic Mm -hmm. um because and i still kind of believe this but you know before i was like nobody should be have to work 40 hours a week like that's too much time yeah and i i still believe that but by the way parents you made it look easy at least my parents made it look easy right I, I will say, and that's a whole separate conversation, but I think it was easier back then. Yeah, and it traumatized me, I think. Yeah. Because they were working, like, these prime shifts. We had dinner every single night right. at the same time. Right. So not anymore. And, you know, especially back in the 90s, if you had two full-time, you know, or two parents that worked full-time. Yeah. Sad. I mean, you guys are doing pretty good. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, you might not be doing great, but... You know, you're good. I mean, now it's yeah. I mean, it's a struggle, and you know, to your point, there's it's extremely rare for two people, you know, especially with a family, to work the same shift. Yeah. Um, I know you were doing seconds for a while, yep. and Danielle was on first, right? Yeah, and it worked. I mean, yeah, it, it worked because it had to. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's definitely, dude. It's definitely harder now. Right. Right. Especially it's so with, much harder now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, that's what I tried to explain to her, too. Like, first shift would be awesome, and I don't mind it because I'm getting off at a decent time. Like, I go in kind of early, but at the same time, I was like, our schedules just collide. Right. Like, it, it doesn't work well now, parents having the same schedule. Right. Um, but I think with second shift, it worked. It, it sucked not seeing each other, but we still had, like, the weekend and stuff. But it it's so hard, dude. It's, yeah. it, there's no win win. It seems I, like I like almost don't remember anybody in the '90s working second shift. It doesn't seem like it. Like I don't, and I obviously there were, but like aside from like waiters and waitresses, like mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it was a thing. Yeah, obviously there were, but yeah, I just it seemed like everybody worked nine to five. Yeah, 
And I feel like they did. Yeah, you know? dude, it was it was crazy because that's dude. My dinner was like six thirty every night because right. like I think my mom worked. I think they right. both worked till like six. My mom worked right. six, and my dad worked till six thirty. So you know what kind of sucked? Uh, a lot of people when you're in high school, you're like, hey, you know, come over after school. My parents don't get home till six yeah. or whatever, <laughs> right? I didn't have that luxury. No, because my parents have their own business, so my mom. They have their own business, but my mom also worked for my grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad, like they do real estate, and my dad just goes around and fixes all of the houses and things like that and does whatever we need to do so we don't have to pay a maintenance man. He just nice. does it all. Yeah. Um, but the problem is he makes his own schedule. <laughs> so you have no idea. Yeah, so there's days he's home at noon. There's days he's home at 5. There's days he's home at 2. There's days he's like, ah. I, I just don't want to go to work. Yeah, today. I just sent, you know, Bill to go do it. I didn't want to do it, you know. That's hilarious. So, yeah, there was no, like, hey, come over. Because I'm like, I don't know when my dad's going to be Yeah. Home. It's not possible. That's crazy. Yeah. So crazy, I didn't, crazy. I didn't have that luxury. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the work ethic thing, man, I think that started, uh, you know, when it. And I, I got to give credit to StarTech, man. Mm. StarTech is. is uh, where I got my work ethic from, dude. On some real shit, me too. Like I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, me I mean, too. I've I, it was a stepping stone for sure. Yeah, and I mean, everything I do, I didn't learn from there, but I learned a lot about yeah. leadership. You learned a lot of get about getting screwed over and the <laughs> yeah, you know. And but I mean, honestly, I tell people like StarTech treated me well, man. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't complain about anything. I to mean, a point. yeah, yeah, to a point, obviously. But anybody that's worked there knows that. Yeah, you know that. But culture, again, you, you got to make it. You got to make it what you want, right? Like you got, right. you can't just sit there and be like, "Oh yeah, this sucks." Like you got to find something good well, and positive about it, or like if something sucks, then do some shit about it. Like, well, that was the thing. Like at, at StarTech was the first time that I had a job that. I actually felt valued at the time. I didn't at first, See, but I was just the dumb stoner kid that I I did at first. Just went to work to yeah. you know I was like oh whatever I right. just need some money. Well yeah, and that that was my thing too. And then they were like, hey, do you want to be in leadership? And I'm like, why? Like me? Yeah. And they're like, because you're you're good at your job, you help people, and you show up. Yeah. And I'm like, that's my job. Like, dude, I like. Used what to do be- you mean? <laughs> I used to be so surprised when people would say that shit. Right, right. Like, you don't? Right. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you isn't that what we're supposed to do? Yeah. Like, I know I don't like coming to work, but, right. uh, dude, you guys scheduled me. Well, right, right. I'm here. Right. <laughs> I need <laughs> I, money. Isn't that but, how this works? But the the money, I mean, you know, the, the thing that really started it was prior to that. I mean, um... I don't want to get into the details too much, but for a couple of years, I did some things that weren't on the government's books <laughs> um, as far as how to make money for a couple of years. And, dude, I was living like a king. You know, it was mm-hmm. great. And then after that, I had to get a, a real job, and I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah, you know, it sucks. So, so I worked my 40 hours and, like, you know, and – and I called off and, you know, gave up shifts and all that kind of stuff. But at a certain point, which, 
you know, this, this part was actually before all that. But but at a certain point, um, before I was living like a king, uh, same mindset, you know, <laughs> like I don't want to work, you know, and things like that. There was a certain point where I had to eat. I had a five-pack of ramen that had to last me seven days. Really? Yeah. And that sucked. Yeah. Um, and I think today, like, I'm a, obviously a big guy, but, like, I can't eat much at a time. Like, I can't. Because you were so used to, like, yeah, like, rationing it. Yeah, I, I think that's what did it. Because I, I, I can eat, if I eat, like, a, a meal from McDonald's or something like that, like, I'm good pretty much all day. Like, my metabolism's just shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, after that, like, you know, after all the the feeling like a king and like, you know, going back to work and still having that same mindset at, at one point, uh, the, the gas got shut off in my house and it was February. Oh shit. At least it's not this February. It was a similar February. (laughs) Um, so I didn't have any heat in my house, uh, in a winter in Ohio um, no hot water or anything like that. Sucked. There were days where I had to take like ice cold showers. Um, eventually I ended up calling Jerry and was like, Hey man, like, can I shower at your house for the next week or two? Yeah, like, like, so I, I can get this warmth. back on. Yeah. Dude, it was terrible. Um, we, you know, typical stories. We, we he- tried to heat the house with the oven, mm-hmm. you know, turn the, the electric oven on and keep that, that door open and, that didn't work. You know, put up put up as many blankets as you could to filter that shit into the yeah. living room. Like, like make a little, like, tunnel. Right, right. I mean, we, we did everything we could, man. And uh, after that, I'm like, okay, well, you got to fucking work. Because mm-hmm. you got to eat, and you can't have no heat in fucking February in Ohio. Yeah. Um. So after that, I got to StarTech, and they, like, you know, back then, I mean... You know, this was 2013, maybe, maybe 2014, and we had some good leadership then. Yeah. Um, They made me feel valued and, like, wanted me to help and things like that. And then, yeah, it just kind of kicked off, like, okay, well, now I can kind of feel some self-worth. I'm getting paid well Mm -hmm. (laughs) or whatever. But they awarded you, too, which was nice. And that's when I learned, like, Money's not everything. Right. Like money's good, and yes, I want a decent paying job, but at the same time, I I want to go somewhere where I'm not treated as a number. Well, to to that point, I get paid very well right now, and that is not helping me clock in right now. Yeah, it is not helping me at all because I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. There's a lot of stuff at work going on, um, but. Yeah, but the 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 thing that is keeping me clocked in and and showing up for work every day is the culture, is the people yeah. I work with, is you know the management making me feel like I'm on the right track to get into management myself yeah. and things like that, and that's why I keep showing up. I get like I said, I mean, we both get paid very well, and I'm just speaking for me. The money's not what keeps me showing up, <laughs> you know. No. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely the, the people and, and things like that. So, um, but that's where it started. And ever since, like, I don't know, ever since I felt accomplished, I guess I never really felt accomplished as a kid. Uh, I still don't feel accomplished. 
Well, I mean, like, you know, on an everyday basis, yeah. like not overall, you know, I think, I think I definitely have a lot more work to do and, uh, and, and things like that. But like, you know, and honestly, until this podcast, really, I'd never had a goal in my life. Like I'd never had a goal. Like I don't, I don't have a certain job that I wanted. I don't have a house that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to move to Boston. Like that was like a loose goal of mine, but I'm starting more and more to hate the winter. Yeah. So I think I would go West, but I've, you know, growing up, everybody's like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a vet. I'm going to be in the army. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I'm like, I got, there's nothing that interests me. And I have no motivation for anything. And I think that's, dude, that's why instead of me setting like a specific goal, mm-hmm. I said I want to be successful and happy. Right. That's that. Like how I get there is how I get there. Right. Well, and, it took me it took me a long time to, to get to that. And, it, well, really, I mean, I kind of had that. But to me, my thing was or my thinking was to be fully happy and to live my best life. I don't want to be at work right now. Yeah. And that's what caused all that kind of stuff. But when you can find value in your job or your work, or maybe it's not even in the the job function itself, but the people around you, again, the culture, man, like I got to give it up to my, a huge part. I got to give it up to my job, man. Like, you know, anybody, I know there's a couple people that listen from work. There's obviously a lot of shit going on at work right now. And it's just, transitions and things like that. It's just struggles that we knew were going to happen, but they're fucking tough right now. But the reason I'm still there is because I love the people I work with. I think, you know, I'm on the right track to be in management and move up and, and things like that. But I mean, without that, I, you know, I probably would have been gone a while ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing with me. Like that's any any job that I feel like I go into now. Like I've got to have that that mindset of, okay, I'm here. Mm-hmm. What can I do to get here? Right. Okay. Well, what can I do to get here? Now I'm here. What can I do to get there? Right. Like I just want to keep going up until that ladder's no more. Well, see, and and yeah, now that I found a work ethic. Um, I think, and not to, like, toot my own horn or anything, but, like, I get a lot of shit done. Mm-hmm. Like, every week I get a lot of stuff done, whether that's work or podcasts or whatever it is. Um, and and I couldn't have done that without StarTech kicking that off. Yeah. Um, kind of growing you up. Yeah. And and now I, I strive for the the accomplishments, the the... Yeah, the the meeting the goals, whether I know what they are or mm-hmm. not, when something happens, I'm like, that feels fucking good, you know. Yeah, and and especially like when you get shit and when you get to a good spot to where you at, you're you're you can reflect on shit. Like if you're having mm-hmm. a shitty day, or you know maybe you forgot to pay a bill this week and you know you fucked up and your whole check's gone, right? Like after you get it because you messed up your your time frame on how you pay things, like you can't let that shit get you down, right? Like, I look at it like, okay, yeah, I've got 50 bucks in my bank account, but my house is on time. Like, my payment's on time. Mm -hmm. I got gas. I got electric. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always look at those things like, okay, I am going in the right track. I may not Mm -hmm. have what I want right now, but do I have Mm -hmm. what I need? Right. Dude, and and that's that's what I live on, man. Like, 
again, if you've if you've known me for a while, I'm sure you've heard me say this, and I might have said this on the podcast. I don't know, but um, when people are like, you know, how how are you doing overall or whatever, like usually my response is, I ate today, because mm-hmm. there were days where I didn't eat. Mm-hmm. And it was my own doing because I called off work too much or wanted to party too much yeah. or, or whatever it is. Didn't prioritize. Yeah, and at, at that point, all you can do is self-reflect and say you fucked up and hopefully you learn from it, mm-hmm. which I did, thankfully. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I ate today and I have a roof over my head. Like, there's very little that will actually get me down because mm-hmm. I've been in a much worse spot before. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah. And the thing is crazy. Like it took me a while, but then I also realized that I thought I was happy, but I knew that there was ways that I could be more happy. Right. And that's with like star tech and shit, dude. And like at the same time, like when I ended it with them, like I was just heated that I was working a full time job my fiance is working a full-time job, so we don't have time with each other. We don't have time with the family. Right. And we're fucking living check to check. Right. I said, fuck this. Right. Like, th- this isn't right. Like, I said, I'm not doing what I can. Mm-hmm. I need to do better. <clears throat> yeah. And and that actually, I mean, kind of transitions into into my next point is, is being a parent. Mm-hmm. Because for me, like, so at StarTech, I went... From supervisor to ASCS and then to training and things like that. And towards the end, I was uh, the continuous trainer, which I only got because I found out I was having a, a daughter. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, all right, well, I need to be out of ASCS now and need to make more money, right? So I went to training. Um, and... A lot of people didn't really, I guess, respect the job of continuous trainer because it just, you know, I don't have my own class sometimes Mm -hmm. and things like that. But what they don't realize is I had to take in all the new information and teach it to every agent and the other trainers. Like I had to train the trainers so that they could train their classes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And... When it's 100 agents, 120 agents on the floor, and you have to get 90% completion in the next two months while while working around everybody's schedule, which it's a 24-7 place, there were were nights where I came in at 2 a.m. Because I was like, I got to get this person, this person, this person trained. Yeah, and it was fine, and it was fun, and that was something I really liked to do. But the problem, and it's not necessarily StarTech's fault per se, yeah. but the most that they could offer me for that position was uh, $28,000 a year, which comes out to like $13 and something. Yeah. And I'm like, and I was salary, so I wasn't getting overtime. I was working 50-plus hours Mm -hmm. a week. And I'm like, this is BS. Like, I'm working. I'm worth so much more than this and all this kind of stuff. And to your point about like, you know, about basically needing more money, like, you know, this isn't right kind of thing. Right. At that point, I got another job uh, 
with my experience from StarTech and made uh, like seven more dollars per hour. Like, that's significant. When mm-hmm. people get a dollar raise, they're stoked. I got a $7 raise. Yeah. Plus a fuck ton of overtime. I mean, that's how it was. Like, I got, like, almost, it was, like, $6 and some change, I think. Right. From when I moved from right. StarTech to school specialty. Right. Like, I got a significant increase. But I also feel now, like, you know, that company is th- that I'm with now is a lot better than StarTech. Right. And they can treat their, their agents and stuff like that. Same. Well, this, uh, this company... Um, the one I, before the one I work at now, like I said, I was working a ton of overtime. Um, I was working seven days a week, 12 to 14 hour days. Mm. And, um, I think in like three or four months, I only got like three days off, I think. And this is in a factory where you make glass and there's 1500 degree furnaces and you have to wear not just steel toe boots, but there's steel toe with an extra piece of steel in it basically in case something falls and and all that kind of stuff and um dude like i i would walk i averaged 11 miles a day walking around that whole fucking factory (laughs) and things like that but it, it sucked ass don't get me wrong but you know i was working 80 to 90 hour weeks right that's one week but i was getting paid overtime so I, I was getting, you know, 40 to 50 hours of overtime per week on top of what yeah, I'm, 40. Yeah, yeah, on top of the great pay I was already getting. That shit's crazy, but you had no time to spend it. Yeah, no time at all. Um, but Harper's mom was able to quit her job um, and I was able to pay for everything and all that kind of stuff. And, and it was great in that aspect. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, you just got to make sacrifices. You got to do what you got to do, man, sometimes. Yep. And my goal ever since I kind of got my work ethic back, because I never had a real goal, like I said, was uh, six figures by 30. That's my only goal. And I'm 29. Yeah. <laughs> so I got like 10 months left <laughs> uh, to up, you know, more than double my pay. <laughs> Uh, to get to them six digits. Yeah, but, hey, you know, Dogecoin's going to get me there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Just but, add the dot zero zero right, at the end. There you right, go. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, man, it's it's been a wild ride so far. Uh, yeah. Between all that stuff, comedy, hip-hop, I mean, you know, being a dad, all that kind of stuff. I know uh, we're hitting about that hour mark, but I do want to talk about being a dad real quick. Yeah, dude, no, it's it's definitely changed my life. I mean... It's crazy. I think I've seen it. Uh, it's it's crazy just because when I first became a father, it it wasn't like my birth child, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I came into my daughter's life when she was a year old, right? So when I did that, I had no idea what the fuck it was like to be a dad, right? I wasn't prepared. I didn't have the nine months of pregnancy to prepare for it, read up on it, any of that shit. Like, I was living with my buddy in a bachelor pad, like, just getting drunk all the time. Right. And, like, the person, and she had a daughter. Like, okay. So, started that. Right. But, at the same time, like, I love it. 
I love being able to watch them grow. Mm -hmm. I love being able to watch their successes and especially like watch them do things that you had an interest in as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Like both my, my, both my chids, chids, (laughs) children um, like soccer. Yeah. I love soccer. Yep. I can go watch them all day and play with them. Harper loves soccer too. And her mom loves soccer. Mm -hmm. I too big to play soccer. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I also with my children try to teach them, at their age, how I've learned and like things that I've learned, like about not being afraid of things, like not being right. able. I mean, I know you say that there's no such thing as failure, but like I let them know, like, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Right. If you mess up, own it. Right. And, you know, if you mess up, just be receptive to it. Like, that's what I've taught my kids from day one on some mm-hmm. real shit. And it, it gets to them. Like, do they understand at the, at the beginning? Hell no. Right. But I told Danielle, like, when she was doing that, she's like, they don't understand what you're talking about. They will one day. You got to... The, the, the trick that I've kind of learned over time is you have to talk to your children like they're an adult. Yeah. No matter whether they understand or not, you have to talk to them like an adult. And eventually they'll start to pick up what you're saying. They'll be able to have more, I guess, concise conversations yep. and things like that as they grow. Um, but yeah, I, I'm always I'm always curious because I I met you as a dad. Mm-hmm. I think you met me before I was a dad. Yeah, and then I transitioned into being a dad. Into, so yeah, you did. I'm kind of curious because like. F- for me, I don't I don't think I've changed at all. But at the same time, like I think I've gotten a little more responsible. Yeah. But like everybody like, you know, Harper's mom all the time is like, you know, the the change that you made was insane and I'm like not really. Like I don't I don't think so. So just like from a outsider perspective from when you met me to now, do you think I've like changed that much? I think you become more adultish. Well, I mean, probably. I definitely do, but I mean, I think, I think you've changed. It's hard for me to describe exactly how, but that's kind of what what I'm running into. Like, I th- there's a change, but like I'm I I've, I might not be, but I feel like I'm the same person. You're definitely the same person, but I see you putting putting forth your all to like your interests. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you used to kind of be the person to talk about things or, like, yeah, that's kind of cool. But, like, now you're putting full force behind things. Right. Like, you're – and to me, that's kind of leading by example. Like, you are doing things all the way through, no matter what it is, no matter if there's struggle, no matter, you know – if you're you're not gonna make shit in the beginning, like <laughs> right. you're looking at the end game in the long run and things like that. But I think that's also you doing that because that's something that you're teaching your daughter. Right. Like you've got to continue to push. You got to continue to strive, mm-hmm. no matter what the situation is. Like just keep pushing forward. Right. And I think in order for you to teach her that, you've got to physically do it. Yeah, you you got to do it. You got to so, do it. And, I mean, we don't kick it, like, every single day. Like, we're not, like, the Mean Girls Club and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, like, little things like that I think I've seen definitely a change in. um, And and to that point, like, you know, adulting. Right. See, But you've been kicking it with me, and I'm an adult, so. (laughs) 
Not maybe really. maybe you were a good influence on me. How hey, about maybe. that? I'll How take it. That? <laughs> I'll take it. No, it's it's just something I'm just now thinking of it. I don't think any of my dad friends that sounds that's a weird phrase. <laughs> I don't know any of my friends that are dads that I knew before they were dads. No shit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure well, I'm pretty sure it's like you and Steve. Um and I don't I mean, I have other, like, well, I don't know. I mean, I I have other close friends, but I think they were all dads before I met them. Mm. Or before I got close to them, anyway. Yeah. Um, it's just a weird thought right now. <laughs> if I'm forgetting about somebody, I apologize. <laughs> um, if there's somebody right now being like, you motherfucker. We've, right. been, we've been cool for 10 years. And like, you forgot about right. me? I don't know. Sorry. It's also 11 p.m., so... Don't don't judge me right now, right. Um, but no, I think I think being a parent is definitely definitely the best thing in my life. Right, for real, for real. Same here. Same um, here. And yeah, I, I mean, the the They're last exhausting. <laughs> yeah, the last thing I'll say is, you know, I I I guess that's kind of the end goal of of the podcast. Like, if. If we just do this every week and it's just for fun and, like, we obviously have, like, Patreon and merch and stuff, so we're bringing in a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. But if if it's basically just for fun for the next however long, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But if, like, imagine if we could do this and make a living. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nuts. But, and and, like, it's not necessarily that, like, obviously, that would be dope, and, like, that's what is... I don't want to say it's the end goal, because that's not why we do this, but the the, the reason I kind of want that is not because that would be, quote-unquote, my job at that point. It's because it would give me a lot of free time to spend with my daughter. Yeah. And, you know, to, to help her with homework and help her, you know, learn stuff and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um. You know, if if we could do this for a living and cut out forty hours of work, it'd be nice. You know what I mean. So that's uh, that's kind of the the end goal. If it takes five years, if it doesn't happen, that's fine. We're still gonna do these. Don't worry. Yeah, uh, we got you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I wanted to to kind of have a a fun conversation. You know about mm-hmm. about what kind of we've been through and and some some things that have happened and and made us us yep. because i don't think i don't really think we've had too many serious episodes since uh since you've joined which is fine thanks uh, no it's it's no, good pff. it's you good just get alien conspiracies right no i like being i mean my favorite thing of all time is being goofy so yeah. like i love that um and i i wouldn't say this was like a serious episode no but it's, it's definitely it's definitely it's definitely taking a turn from where we have been yeah with but, our recent episodes which is nice yeah it's I, nice. I think that's good i think uh people you know, see a different side of us and yeah it's, yeah and and some of this we've talked about before but it i mean could have been on audio only episodes we could have been on multiple different episodes yeah and we've we've gained a a lot bigger of an audience since then um so, you know, I just kind of wanted to go over that stuff to to kind of give people uh, an insight on right. us. So, right. 82 episodes deep. Yep. 82. That's fucking wild. Dope. 
Um, but yeah, guys, thank you for uh, checking out episode 82. If you guys have something you want to send us um, to either just kind of, you know, talk about um, with us or we can even talk about it on the show, however you want to do it. If you want to be anonymous, obviously we can do that too. Right. Um, and actually, speaking of, I, th- I think I mentioned it last week. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast or not on the actual recording, but we haven't gotten a voice message in a long, oh, yeah, long no, time. We haven't. Um, so yeah, keep in mind guys, we can play voice messages. We can play videos too. If you want to send in a video. Yep. Um, and again, these can be anonymous, uh, you know, obviously not videos because it's got your face, but, all right. um, but yeah, if you want to do a voice message that links in the description of all of our episodes, um, on the audio versions anyway, at the very bottom, uh, it'll say basically click a link here to send the message. Um, but yes, yeah, send us a, a an audio message. They can only be sixty seconds, so keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'd we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, you know, Patreon, patreon.com slash average AF podcast. Absolutely. Um, there's support th- fifty to sixty bonus episodes on there now. Yeah. Um, and I think just this week we hit a year. For being on Patreon. Hell yeah. So, I, last I knew, I think we were over 200 posts on Patreon in a year. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a fuck ton. So, definitely check that out. Um, check out the merch. Again, all that stuff's in the description. Anything else you want to add before we sign off here? Keep it real. Keep it real. <laughs> Keep working. Keep yeah. working towards your goals. Keep doing you. Um, be great parents and don't traumatize your kids. Stay in school. <laughs> If you feel like it. Uh, (laughs) But tell your kids to stay in school. Word. Uh, But yeah, thank you guys for checking out episode 82. Have a good night. Until next week. Peace.